The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. I pray that today's Word will minister to you and bless you as it has blessed me in preparing it. Uh, there are really so many things that I want to uh, talk about today. But you know, one of the things, saints, that really it saddens me and it burdens me with the things that are going on in the churches today and how these things are affecting our brothers and sisters. They're affecting us in ways that we probably not even aware of. Some of these things you may not want to hear, however, that I'm going to say today, but the Lord has put them in my spirit to speak on these things because it grieves him. And if it grieves him, it should grieve us. In Luke 4:18, it says, that the Lord, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, that He has anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to the brokenhearted, to the lame, the blind, the crushed in spirit, and to open up the doors and set the captives free. And I believe that the only way that you can set the captives free is with the truth, and with the truth of God's word. That's the only way that you and I can ever be set free from the bondages that the devil has put us in is by the truth of God. I'd like to use as my starting scripture this morning in Hebrews 4.14. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. He said, Let us hold fast our confession. And I have capitalized every word. Let us hold fast our confession. In Hebrews 10.23 said, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised, he says, is faithful. Saints, confessing is confirming something that we believe. It is testifying of something that we know. In other words, confessions hold a very large place in Christianity. As a matter of fact, Christianity is called the great confession. And in Hebrews 4.14, we are told to hold fast to our confession. The old version reads profession, but the Greek means witnessing. It's a confession of our lips. And you might say, well, what am I to hold fast to, Pastor Joe? Well, he says, hold fast to your confession. Confess who you are in him. Confess that you are a new creature. Confess that old things have passed away, that old things have become new. Testify that he is your Lord and that he's your Savior and that he is your, that he is your provider, that he is the high priest over your confession. The Bible says in Hebrews that he is the high priest over our confession. Confess all the good things that the Lord says about us. The title I've chose for uh, my word uh, teaching this morning is called Talk Your Way Forward. You want to think about it? Talk Your Way Forward. Because so many people are talking their way backwards. Because when you're speaking death, you're speaking backwards. And this is why you aren't making any headway. This is why you're not gaining any ground. This is why you keep losing ground and not gaining any ground. He said, Talk Your Way Forward. The Lord revealed to me the importance of confessing his word shortly after I became a Christian. Or you could say he taught me how to talk my way forward. Little did I know that I would spend most of my days and nights teaching and preaching and writing about the power of our words. And little did I know then that without my confessions, I would not be here today doing what I'm doing in spite of some of the things that was coming against me. Because things come against all of us. Sometimes we, 
we get sickness, in, sometimes the enemy attacks us with sickness and diseases in our bodies. Sometimes he attacks us with doubt and unbelief when we're trying to stand on the ground, trying to stand on the Word of God and stand in faith. And, and it's hard sometimes when you're st trying to stand on the Word of God. And, and the enemy keeps bringing all these things around you in the natural to get you into doubt and unbelief. But you've got to stand. You have to stand. You have to continue to confess the Word. I know just two or three days ago, uh, I don't know what happened. I, I just woke up and I couldn't move. And this side here, I, I couldn't turn it this way or that way. And it was very painful. And so I prayed over it. And this is an example of confessing what God says about what he says. You have to have, we have to have faith in God's word. We have to honor that word above everything. And believe him. And when you believe him and you honor him and you put that word above everything else, and he will honor you. And he'll do what the word says he'll do and give you what he says the word will do. And so I prayed over my side. I never even mentioned that to David. A lot of times I will, but lately I've just not been doing that. I just want to honor God's word. And, and the more I find that I do that, the more he honors you, you know. And so I spoke over my side. And I continued to go on, and after, I, after I, I prayed over my side, I prayed the prayer of faith over my side, and I spoke to the nerves and, and the cells and everything in my back. I spoke to it, and I called it healed in Jesus' name. And I said, God, thank you that by stripes I'm healed. And you know, I never really said much more, except that, you know, I would try to sit down, I would try to turn, and it was, like I said, very painful. And I'd say, by his stripes I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. And I just keep on going. And so it was a tough week preparing for my message. But it, it, but it doesn't matter. By his stripes, I'm healed. <laughs> and so yesterday I noticed that it was getting better. And then all of a sudden it was kind of like it was back there again. And I said, by his stripes, I'm healed. This morning, nothing. Absolutely no pain whatsoever in there. And that's all I said. I prayed the prayer of faith. I did not discuss it with anyone, which is very important, that you don't go around talking about your aches and pains because you're going to get what you say. Give it to the Lord. Pray about it. Stand on it. And let him watch him do his work. And I just stand. Don't you just, don't you just stand in awe of God. All of his mercy and his goodness. And it only takes just a few words. And all he, you know, he just wants so much for us to believe what he says. Everything I'm doing today has come from me confessing God's word. In other words, agreeing with his word. My healing came from agreeing with his word and confessing his word. That's what I mean when I when he say, hold fast. Hold fast to that confession no matter what happens. No matter what the doctors tell you. No matter what the banker tells you. No matter what your friends tell you. You hold fast to that word and don't, don't move. Don't move to the left and don't move to the right. You just stay on it. Are you hearing me? Amen. Saints, there is nothing that equals the power of the positive confession of God's word. In order to confess God's word, we have to renew our minds. And in order to renew our minds, we must know his word. I don't believe there's been a lot of teaching on the necessity of a renewed mind. 
However, I do think that there's been a lot more over the past few years. There's been, I've noticed that there's been a lot more ministers and people speaking on the renewing of the mind over the past several years. You know, we preach and we teach the need of being converted, about being born again, but we have left these new believers hanging in the air, so to speak. There is great enthusiasm and joy when we witness the salvation of another. And we should be excited because now this newborn again brother and sister will get to spend eternity with Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, and that's awesome. That's awesome. So I don't demeanor that by no means because you want to get your brothers and sisters. You want to get people born again. But, but if that new believer is not cared for, and fed by having their mind renewed through feeding on the Word of God and practicing it, their joy is going to soon die. They're still going to remain babies. And that's what Paul was talking about, you know, and I think it's in Galatians. He said, you know, it's like, you know, they, they should be to the point now to where they get food, meat, but I'm still having to feed them milk. And, and, we can, and if they get their mind renewed, that wouldn't happen. Most new believers are not aware that their spirits get recreated and that they don't recognize that their mind that has held that spirit that, that held that spirit in captivity is the same old mind. That old mind don't get recreated. Right. It stays the same. The only thing that gets recreated is your spirit. Amen. Because most new believers don't know that when they got born again that their mind didn't get renewed. And I must add, I added this actually in here this morning, that there are believers that have been Christians for 40 and 50 years, and they are still aware of this fact. They are aware of this fact, and it's evidence in the churches and all around you. It's evidence in, 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 in the believers. You can tell the ones that have been, had their minds renewed and the ones that are standing on the Word of God and the ones that are not. Amen. It's evident. You know, I'm teaching on... As a matter of fact, I was thinking <laughs> that you might be thinking, why am I teaching on a recreated mind? But I'm teaching on the recreated mind because every time I pray for people, whether it's when I'm ministering somewhere or through the emails or phone calls that I get, I know that even though I pray for them and most of them, that most of them won't receive it because their minds are not renewed to the Word of God. So therefore, they can't see it. And I know Pastor Larry can, and Pastor, uh, Sister Nell, they can agree with me. Amen. They can't receive it. You know, and it pains you, it grieves you. I want to help them. It hurts me when I pray for someone and I know they didn't receive what they were asking for. And I know it does you too. But brothers and sisters, I want the people that I pray for to receive from God what they need. When I pray for somebody, whether it's on the telephone or through an email or in person up here, I want them to be able to receive what God wants for you to have. We have tons of born-again children of God walking around not knowing what belongs to them or how to lay hold of God's promises. And I think most pastors would agree with me on this too. You know, the new believers, the new believers doesn't realize that all the knowledge their old mind had comes from the senses and the senses can never be renewed. Your senses can never, your five senses, they can never be renewed because they're part of the physical body. They can be brought into subjection and they can be controlled, but they cannot be renewed. Are you hearing me? You can control them, but you can't renew them. Our minds, as it feeds on the Word of God and meditates in the Word, practices and lives in the Word, will come into the fellowship of a recreated spirit. But in order to do that, 
You must meditate on the word. You must practice the word. And you must act on it. Are you hearing me? Let me remind you that you can't build your faith just by reading the Bible. A lot of people think that they, they read the Bible every day. And so that's going, you know, the reading the Bible is good for you. But you can't build your faith just by reading the Bible. That Bible, that word has to become a part of you. Jesus and his word are one and the same. And, and so when you're reading that word, you have to act on it. You have to believe the word and you have got to act on what you're reading. If you, if you believe it, you'll act on it. And that's how you know whether you believe it or not is by if you're going to act on it. I acted on it this few days ago. I acted on the word. That's what I'm talking about. You act on the word. Whether it's a little thing or whether it's a big thing. James 1.22 says, Be you doers of the word and not hearers only. Otherwise, he says, you'll deceive yourself. The word has to become a part of you. It has to become engrafted in you. I, I remember praying, you know, Lord, I just pray that as I read your word and as I meditate on your word, that it will become a part of me, that it will become engrafted into me, that, you know, just breathe the word. You, you just want to become one, one with the word. We're one with him, one with the word. According to Romans 12, 1 in the New Living Bible says, we have one of the most important scriptures concerning the physical body and its thinking process. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because, all, because of all that he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will, the kind that will be acceptable. He said, because this is truly the way to worship him. He says in verse 2, he said, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You have to change this old thinker up here. Are you hearing me? He says, and then you will, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Saints, notice that God is asking you, he's pleading with you to present your body, which holds the five senses and are the most important part of the body. The seeing part, the hearing part, the feeling part, and the tasting and smelling part. These are your most important parts. The Lord is saying, I want you to give this home of your five senses to me. I want you to turn them over to me and let me renew them. Because see, you can't, like I said, you can't, uh, the only way you can do that is through the word of God. And as your mind is renewed, you will come to know the will of the Father and you will walk in the light of his word. When this happens, you will have more knowledge of who you are in Christ Jesus and also what belongs to you and how to receive it. And that's what you're after. Saints, the word is always now. God's word is always a now word. His word is what he is according to John 1.1. 1, 1. John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning there was the word. The word was with God and God is his word. The word is the mind of the Father. It is the will of the Father and it shows the way to the Father. The word is the Father speaking. It is the now word from him to me. It is his voice. When I read his word, it is his voice speaking to me. It is his word that gives birth to faith in the believers. Saints, he is a faith God, and he always uses words to do things. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds have been framed by the word of God. The word is the bread of heaven, as we were singing this morning. It is food for our spirits. 
In Matthew 4, 4, it says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I want you to think about this. It's your attitude toward the word that will determine the place that God holds in your daily life. And I know that I've mentioned that before, but it deserves repeating again. In other words, we must put God's word first in our lives, as I said before, above the doctors and the lawyers and the bankers and the neighbors. And let me say this too, you must honor God's word above your feelings and your emotions. Amen. Christianity is not about emotions and it's not about feelings. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an it. He's a him. And he was sent here. You know, if you read some of the scriptures in the Bible, in one scriptures I was reading this morning, I said he must said he five times. But he's not a feeling either. He's not an emotion. He's a him. He's a person sent here to live with us, live inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling. His, his, our, when we get become born again, he lives in us. Jesus lives in us. Jesus, the love. Jesus is love. And he says in his word that the love of God has been shut abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the love in your heart outweighs the jealousy and the hatred in the world. Because his love is living on. He is love. And he lives on the inside of us. So he, he outrides all those other things. Are you hearing me? I, I believe that and well, if you, if you want references of that, you can check it in Jeremiah 17, 9, where he says, your heart is the most deceitful thing above all things. And he says, it'll lie to you. I believe so much of Christianity has been reduced to religious emotions and feelings. I don't know what they think it is. But it's not about that at all. You know, you don't have to, there's nothing wrong with falling out in the spirit. There's nothing wrong with getting excited in the Lord. We, we should get excited in the Lord. But it's not all about that. It, it's about knowing who you are in Christ. It, it's about getting, getting that word engrafted into you so that you can lay hold of what you're falling out for. That's right. Come Monday, that's not going to help you. When, if the enemy comes against you, you might get a layoff at your job. He might hit you with a disease. You don't ever know. So you need to be getting it in here. In here. Are you hearing me? We must realize that the Holy Spirit is a person, like I said, and not an it or feeling or emotion. When his word says not to be dismayed, for I am your God, then there is no reason to be stressed. For instance, when you need finances, remember that I said, and this is not me speaking, this is the Lord speaking. For instance, when you need finances, remember that I said, my father knoweth that you have need of all these things. My Father knows that you have need of all these things. He says, so therefore don't be anxious and don't worry and fret. He tells you this in Matthew 6.31. But what does he tell you to do first? Seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. But see, we have it backwards, saints. We're seeking the things and not seeking the kingdom. And that's why we're not getting them. Because we have to do it the way he says, do it or it's not going to work. Seek you first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you, whatever they are. He knows that you need these things. He says he does. So you can whisper to your own heart and you can confess, my father will supply every need of mine. He knows my needs and he loves me. He and I are one, according to John 17, 21. You can say, I possess bountiful blessings financially. 
For I confess, he which soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Pastor Larry was teaching last Sunday on what belongs to you and what you've been redeemed from. And this is a good place to begin confessing some of the things that was mentioned in Deuteronomy 28, uh, verses 1 through 15, and to call some of those things that be not as though they were, according to Romans 4:17. But before we begin decreeing and declaring and claiming, we need to know that there is a prerequency. It's just like God saying, your, my, your father knoweth that you need all these things. And there's a prerequency. The prerequency was seek the kingdom of God. That's a prerequency. There's things that you have to do before you get to the other thing. So the prerequency meaning something required as a prior condition that we must do first. So as he was teaching last week on Deuteronomy 28.1, and the voice translation says, if you listen closely, this was in Deuteronomy 28 verse 1, in the voice translation, it says, if you listen closely to the voice of the Lord your God and carefully obey all the commands I'm giving you today, he'll lift you up high above every other nation on earth. All of the following blessings will be yours. And he read them all last week. In fact, he says they will chase after you if you'll listen to what he tells you. And this was Moses talking to the people. You can begin by saying, Father, based on your word, I declare I'm blessed in the city, I'm blessed in the field, I am the head, I am not the tail. I declare that I shall be blessed with children and crops and cattle and blessed as the fruit of my womb. I declare that I'm blessed when I come in and blessed when I go out. I decree and declare that when my enemies rise up against me, that the Lord will cause them to be defeated before my face in seven different ways. They shall come against me and flee before me in seven ways. Saints, that's a biggie. He said, when your enemies come in against you one way, don't you fret about that. He said, honey, I got you. That's right. Amen. I got you covered. I got your back. Yeah. You know, he's got your back because you got his. That's right. If you ain't got his, I don't know if you can count on that. Because there's a prerequency. Right? When your enemies come in against you one way, he'll cause them to flee for you in seven different ways. He'll cause them. Hallelujah. <laughs> you can say, these, these, are, these are confessions and declarations. These are, this is his promises. I decree and declare that the Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything I do. I declare the Lord will give me prosperity in the land he swore to my ancestors. I declare the Lord will bless all the work of my hands. How much is he going to bless all the work? When I'm putting my message together, he's blessing it. When I'm writing my books, he's blessing it. When I'm doing whatever I'm doing, he's blessing it. Amen. As long as it's in line with him. He's not going to bless something that is not in line with him, but he'll bless the work of your hands. Hallelujah. And I decree and declare that I shall lend to many nations and borrow from none. Praise his holy name. I cannot tell you the thousands and thousands of times that I have confessed that scripture. Thank you, Lord. That I shall lend, that I decree and declare that I shall lend to many nations and borrow from none. I thank you, Lord, that you have made me a blessing and I may be a blessing that I should dispense good unto others. Lord, I thank you that because of you, I have more than enough for my own needs because that was my prayer. Lord, not that only that I have enough for my needs, but I will have enough to meet the needs of others as well. You always want to meet the needs of others as well. And when you begin to not think more highly of yourselves than you should, and begin to share some of the things that the Lord blesses you with with two others that are in need, then he will give you more. That's right. But if you hoard it, 
He won't. You'll get, as a matter of fact, what you have will become less. It's like the thief comes to steal it. And he'll continue to steal it. You know, things will happen to your car, things will happen to the washer, things will happen to this, that, that. that. The devourer, right, Pastor? The devourer comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's the one that's doing it, not God. He's, he wants to give it to you. And he wants to give you more. But you have to share what he gives you. Saints, you want to, you, if you want to overcome the devil, then you've got to start saying and claiming what God's word says about you. In Revelations 12, 11 says, And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. <laughs> Did you know that according to Revelations 12, 11, they conquered the devil with their words? That's right. Think about that. I conquered that pain through the word of God. And didn't have to use the whole Bible, just by his drops I'm healed. You know, it, it, it's awesome when I think about you know, he bore all of our mess, all of our sickness. He tells you that all through the Bible in 1 Peter 2.24 and Matthew 8.17 8, that he took all sickness and every infirmity that the devil could possibly put on you, around you. He, he took every bit of it. With those stripes, there was 39 stripes that was put on his body where he was beaten so bad he was unrecognizable. He was doing that so he was suffering for you in your mess so you wouldn't have to. And I, have, I remind the Lord of that and thank God that he did that for me because he loves me so much that he didn't want me to be in pain. He don't want me to be sick. He don't want me to be in lack. He don't want me to be doing without. And I have not arrived by no means and don't ever claim I will, never will. But I do know this. The more you spend time in your Father's presence, and the more you spend time reading his word in the Bible and books pertaining to the word, the more you're going to grow. And the more you grow, the less like you're going to have. And, and the more you're going to understand, you don't have to put up with all that stuff. It gives you strength and courage. And that's what you're wanting to build your faith. You've got to build your faith. And, and, and so that you have the faith to stand. Because we're all going to stand from time to time on different things. But like I said, they conquered the devil with words. So you start today declaring, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that empowers me. You can wake up in the morning and say, I can do whatever I got to do today. I can do all things through Christ that empowers me. I thank you that Jesus is going to give me his ability to do whatever it is I need to do today. So I don't have to fret about it. He's going to give me his ability. That's right. And you can say, nay, in all these things, I am more than a conqueror. I declare that those that love him will not like for any beneficial thing. And he tells you that in Psalms 34.10. I used to say that a lot. Lord God, I thank you that you said those that love you like for no beneficial thing. And also in uh, the 23rd song, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I used to say that I shall not want. I have no want. I have no like because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not like. Declare that you've been redeemed from the curse of the law, according to Galatians 3.13. Redeemed from the bondage of sickness and disease, and I might add poverty. There is a great power in your mouth to speak right words that are forceful and dynamic in their working. Saints, sooner or later you will become what you confess. Speak in the name of Jesus. He says, whatsoever you do in word or deed... Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, according to Galatians 3.13. Giving thanks to God and the Father of Him. 
Brothers and sisters, remember, the curse of the law is found in Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 68. The first 14 verses pertain to the blessing that Pastor Larry read last Sunday, and the rest describe the curses. By the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we were purchased out of and out from all of these curses. Amen. Especially, look at verse 61. It states all sickness and disease in the world, even those not written in the book, is included in the curse. So therefore, we are deemed from it all. Even those that's not in the book, we're redeemed from them. In Proverbs 26, 2, a new King James says, like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause cannot alight. I like that verse. I used to quote that a lot too. In other words, a curse without a cause cannot come on me. So therefore, the devil does not have any legal right to put anything on me. He doesn't have any legal right to take anything from me either. Unless you give it to him. Hallelujah. Some of you may be familiar with E.W. Kenyon. He was born in 1867 in Hadley, New York. And he went home to be with the Lord in 1948. As a matter of fact, I didn't realize this, but uh, Pastor Kenyon wanted to be an actor. <laughs> Before he became a pastor, he wanted to be an actor. So he went to school for acting. And uh, apparently the Lord didn't want him to be an actor, so he became a preacher and a mighty powerful one at that. Great, teacher. great, great teacher of the word. Reverend uh, Kenyon, uh, Kenyon was converted at the age of 17, and he taught a lot on the power of confession and profession. His prayer to the Lord was, O oh Lord, make sure of the truth, and I will confess it. I have nothing to do with consequences. That is thy part. And again, Jesus has the keeping part. He says, I have the believing and the confessing part. Jesus has the keeping part. I have the believing and the confessing part. You know, he has written multitude of books, just to name a few. Jesus the Healer, In His Presence, The Secret of Prayer, New Creation Realities. I would recommend that one highly. I haven't read all of them, but I have read the New Creation Realities, uh, awesome book. And the one that I've recently been reading, I had to find it in a thrift shop. <laughs> it, it's... You could tell it's old. It was kind of yellow. The Power of the Positive Confession of God's Word is, is a powerful, powerful book. And the creation, uh, new creation realities. In other words, who you are now. Who you've been created to be. And, and he, teach, he does an awesome job. And, and it's, uh, it's simple reading. Very simple. You don't need a dictionary. I mean, and most all of it's scripture too. So that, that's really good. I like to write books, write, uh, read books that's got lots and lots of scriptures in it because they're not quoting themselves. They're quoting what God says. But just like Brother Kenyon, the Lord began to deal with me early in my walk with him about the importance of agreeing with his word. Saints, as I said earlier, there is nothing that equals the power of the positive confession of God's word. It's what builds faith and it's what makes us strong. The purpose of renewing your mind is to build your faith and you can only build your faith through the Word of God, according to uh, Romans 4.17. Faith comes by here and here and comes from the Word of God. I have in the past been very critical of a lot of ministers that are taking advantage of God's children. And I'm sure that I'm not the only one. Not only pastors are being critical, but even the congregations are being critical. But I did, uh, let me repeat that, in the past, the Lord got all over me about that. When the Lord gets all over you about something, you refrain from doing it, you know. Because you know why he got all over me? Because he loves me. 
and because he wants me to continue teaching his word. And if I talk about other pastors and other ministers, that stuff's going to come back to me. As a man soweth, so shall he reap. And he didn't want none of that stuff coming back to prevent me to fulfill the calling on my life. And that's why we have to be very careful when we speak against anybody or anything, even you don't have to agree with them. If you want to, you can pray for them. But you've got to be careful what you say because it's going to block your blessing. It's going to hinder your breakthrough. And if you have been like me guilty, then you need to tell the Lord you're sorry with a sincere heart and repent. Like I said, we're not going to agree with everything other ministers, pastor and minister. God calls all types of people and ministers to, to minister to different types of people. And there are some that I don't agree with that I think are leading them to the flock astray. But God knows that. And he said he would deal with it. He did not put me down here to deal with it. He said, you know, I'm sure that some people might say things about me. I know they do because I've read them. You know, they talk about my short hair. They talk about the fact I'm a woman. You know, that I'm going straight to hell. You know, but that's on them. I'm only doing what the Lord has called me to do, and that's to preach his word. And I'm going to do it till, until I have the last breath. But anyway, I have in the past been very critical of a lot of ministers that are taking advantage of God's children. I say, like I said, I used to because the Lord has impressed upon me not to say anything about any minister or any, any ministry or minister. He said he'd take care of it. And, and I'm glad for I'm spending a lot more time repenting. For I don't have to spend as much time repenting. <laughs> a bigger part of my repenting was over th stupid things like that. And most of our repenting can be over stupid things. And it can, like I said, it can prevent your breakthroughs and your blessings. David and I were talking not long ago how so many pastors were taking advantage of the flock, deceiving them. Telling them that they wanted to get a, you know, telling, uh, telling them, telling the flock, you know, the ministers, you know, this is some of the things we were talking about. Telling the people that if they wanted to get a breakthrough, they'd have to sow a seed for it or sow a seed for their healing to, to, or to give a certain amount and, and the Lord would bless them. And, and I'm reading this only because I want to make a point. I'm not talking about them anymore. <laughs> I'm going to make a point. But he said, but this is some of the things that grieved me. He said, or sow a seed for their healing to give a certain amount and the Lord would bless them. Uh, uh, give a one-time uh, one seed or a certain amount monthly. About that time, the Lord impressed upon me that it was not only the pastors, but the flocks that are to blame. I want you to hear that. God impressed upon me that the flocks, the people that are listening to them, are just as much to blame as they are. True. He said... That if they were familiar with his word, then they wouldn't be so easily deceived. But they were looking for a quick fix. They were looking to receive something that they were not willing to pay for. 
to gain, you know, in other words, to seek the kingdom for. They wanted it. I, it's, a lot, it's a lot easier. I, I've done such stupid things. I mean, you know. When I first became a Christian, well, I had been a Christian for a couple of years, I guess, two or three years. And uh, I was asked, my husband went home to be with the Lord, and I had this big mortgage on the house, and I was watching this, one of these ministers, and, and, and I, I believed them, you know, that, you know, if I sold uh, one of my mortgage payments, which was at that time $1,250, uh, that I would get my mortgage paid off, and I'd love to have my mortgage paid off. I mean, we all would. And so I, I believed it so much, I believed one for my sister, too. <laughs> I wanted her mortgage paid off, too. And uh, so she wrote it and stuck it on her refrigerator. But you know, I don't usually tell people about what I do, but I'm going to say this. Because uh, I don't like to let anybody know what I do, because the Bible tells you not to let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. But my sister, this is a younger sister, her husband passed away a couple of years ago, too. She put that note on her refrigerator. And, uh, and she stood on that. And I'd also like to say, I know that my sister loves the Lord with all her heart, but she's never renewed her mind. Never has renewed her mind. But you know, when she got that house, I think it's been, what, about two years ago, honey? But I bought her a house. I paid for the house that out of the money God blessed me with. Because she, she couldn't. That's, that's what I mean. Is if you're listening to these people that are lying to you and trying to steal from you, if you seek first the kingdom of God, then all these things will be added onto you. And I don't say that like I said bragging because you, most people that know me know that I don't do that. Uh, there is no way I could even keep up with it because I'm like my husband. I just, Lord, let me forget it. You help that person, let me forget what I did. But just want to let you know that it doesn't work. She didn't get her mortgage paid off. She didn't get the new place to live until somebody else come in and helped her get it. You know? And, and I could mention, I could stand up here and mention tons and tons and tons. But I, I won't. But I, I just, I want to use that as an example. Um, like I said, if he, the Lord was saying if they were familiar with his word, then they wouldn't be so easily. Well, my sister is familiar with the word, but she hasn't renewed her mind. So her, her faith is sense faith, sense knowledge. And, 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 sense, and, and sense knowledge is different from faith, faith of God, you know, like believing what he says. Um, it, the sense knowledge is based on your senses, your five senses and not based on the Word of God, you know. So, like I said, she knows the Word, but she won't act on it. So, like I said, she loves the Lord, and I know she does, but she won't act. There's so many people that love the Lord, but they won't act on His Word. Saints, I repeat this, Christianity is called the Great Confession. Confession is affirming something that we believe. It's also acting on something that we believe. It is testifying of something that we know. Jesus planned this life, planned that this life should be given to the world through testimony that is through the confession of our lips. I know that you feel as though you're missing it sometimes. I know I do too. And you're not quite sure where to, pin, you know, to pinpoint the problem. But in closing, let me say this. Saints, 
This is when you must know what God's word says and stand on it no matter what the circumstances are going on around you. I have found from experience that one of the main hindrances to getting our prayers answered is our feelings. We allow our emotions and our feelings to get in the way. So many of God's people think that to hear from God, you have to feel something. And that couldn't be the further from the truth. I used to feel guilty about that, you know, because years ago when I'd go to churches and everybody was doing all kinds of things and, you know, I'm just sitting there and I, I knew I loved the Lord and I knew the Holy Spirit lived in me, but... And yeah, and I'd raise my hands and everything, but I didn't do a lot. And I, I, asked a, I asked a pastor, like I said, it must have been 10, 15, 15 years ago. And I asked a pastor one time, you know, I, I said, what's the matter with me? <laughs> I thought there's something wrong with me. And, and he said, Pastor Joel, there's nothing wrong with you. He said, everybody's not the same. He said, you're the same. When you got born again, you still got the same personality. You, you got a new spirit but you didn't get a new personality, you know, and some people are just naturally more emotional than others, you know. He said that doesn't gauge your, your you know, your walk with the Lord. He said one of, the, one of the women in my church is one of the quietest I know, but one of the most spiritual ones I know and gets the most prayers answered. You know, so, you know, we can't sit around and judge and gauge people based on what they do or don't do you know, because people are different, you know, God didn't, you know, like I said, we all have different personalities, and so we're not Amen. all that way, you know, you, you don't have to get goosebumps to hear from God, sometimes I do get goosebumps, but especially when he tells me you ain't supposed to do that, Joe, <laughs> write that down, as a matter of fact, I was writing that, I was, I was listening to this thing one morning, and this guy said, never talk about your pastor, and don't ever talk about another pastor. Okay. A few minutes later, say, don't ever talk about your pastor. And don't ever talk about another pastor. I said, I got it. <laughs> Lord, I got it. You know, this person's been home with the Lord. He's one of those up there, you know, cheering us on, you know. But like I said, words never die. And you know in your spirit, because the Holy Spirit, He speaks to you. He gives you directions and instructions and, and all kinds of things. And I knew in my spirit that He was talking to me. And I need to write that down. And I don't need to do that no more as much as you want to. Leave that to the Lord. You know, you know God is continuously looking for faithful men and women who will take Him at His word and believe for Him to come through on his promises. The Bible says that he's looking to and fro. Isn't that what the word says? He's looking to and fro. Looking for those that he can bless. To and fro. We don't have to go running and begging and pleading. All we got to do is get our minds renewed. If I have said anything today, I do really pray that you will begin to meditate on the Word, read the Word, read the Bible, get you some other books that, that teaches on righteousness and knowledge and confession and profession. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, that's why I write the book, I'm writing the books I write and teaching the message, you know, just 
get them out and listen to them. And if you don't like listening to me, get somebody that you do like to listen to that's teaching the word. You don't have to listen to me, but teach, listen to somebody that you know, that you have faith in, that the Holy Spirit will give you an option that this is okay, you can listen to him. And he'll give you an option when you don't need to be listening to this person, he or she or what. And music, same way. And, and do this. I know someone told me last week, and I won't give her name away, but she said that she used to listen to a lot of different type of music, secular music, but now she listens to a lot of spirit, you know, she only listens to spiritual music. And now that she enjoys that, and she posts notes, you know, scriptures, you know, in a refrigerator and cabinets and doors, wherever she's going to be. And I've done the same thing in my car, wherever, you know, just post scriptures. Maybe you can do it um, all the time, but maybe uh, today you're going through a particular thing. And so find the scriptures on that and post that on your mirror, post it on your car, post it on that and just speak them. Just speak them out all the time. 